Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet powered by Poop Coal. Oh. <laughs> it was squishy. I, she picked it nom, up. Nom, nom. She I mean, even if, like, even if you didn't know that it was monster poop, why, why would you, you grab it? Up? Like, you know that it came from the bottom of the Thames. Like, <laughs> it's the noobs and the hoobie, and my name is Austin. I'm the hoobie, and these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're the, the noobs. noobs. And this is that podcast that's introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who haven't. So welcome to episode 147. Why does why that sound weird? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. It's definitely right, though. Well, episode 147, covering series 10, episode 3, Thin Ice. This is the one where the Doctor and Bill free an alien that eats people and poops coal. Also, the Doctor didn't technically go off-world. Austin added editorially, and it wasn't an alien. Wait, was it an alien? Did they ever say? Let's get, let's, let's get back to that. Okay. This was story number 266, originally airing April 29th, 2017, to 5.61 pathetic million viewers. Sorry, Damn. million pathetic viewers. Um, not th- Okay, wait, hang on. Wait. Sorry. <laughs> the viewers aren't pathetic. A pathetic 5.61 million viewers. Everyone else in the world. Still more people pathetic. than listen to our podcast. So uh, this was written by Sarah Dollard and directed by Bill Anderson. Uh, the cast this week, is the segment for the cast this week is going to be brought to you by Corbin. Uh, uh, Lord <laughs> Dad's trying to throw me for a That dude, Lord Sutcliffe, or whatever, the jerkhead, is played by Nicholas Burns, who, uh, after further investigation, turned out to be from the IT crowd in not, not the one it, episode. It crowd, as you typed it here. Uh, who cares? If, mm, who I do. cares? <laughs> IT crowd is a great I, show, I but uh, watch with parents' permission because it's a little racy or something. I don't know. Is it racy? Maybe not, but edgy, yeah, I, mean, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's maybe one or two steps above Doctor Who. <laughs> Doctor Who got a little sweary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did y'all notice that? Yeah. It's gotten it a little sweary recently. So that is what it is. So if, if, uh, if you don't mind your kids watching Doctor Who, do you think they're going to mind them watching the IT crowd? Corbin? I don't know. It's rated M.A., so is it? Like, yeah. Oh, you know what? I think they, yeah, I think they get a little sweary. Maybe that's what it is. I don't remember. There's not like really. nudity and stuff, which for a British comedy is you not. You say that, but the episode this guy was in, uh, work outing, there's like a scene where they linger on a shot of a dude all curled up naked because it's a gay pride play or something. I don't know. It's Yeah, but like he's naked, but you're not like seeing naked. Right, like it's a naked back or something. Like yeah, it's not, something. But like, yeah, yeah. It's that's what I'm saying. And again, but again, for British comedy, you would totally expect yeah. it to like see full back butt, man butt. <laughs> um, Monty Python famously did a, a live um, skit where these four guys come out in like very formal waiter costumes with like the long black um, apron and like mm-hmm. bow tie and this kind of thing, like carrying trays and sing a song or something and you keep waiting for it to get funny and it never gets funny. And then they turn to walk off stage and they are completely nude. They're not wearing pants or underwear. They're just wearing the apron. So you don't notice because all you see is shoes, socks, apron. It's that length. And then when they turn around full, like four or five man butts, 
And that's that's the bit. That's, that's the, the whole, whole joke. <laughs> because Why? because across the pond, they're not as uptight as we sometimes are. <laughs> British humor remember, is weird remember, in many ways. Who are the people that left England and came to America? <laughs> it was the Puritans. <laughs> it was like it was all the uptight people that were like, we can't take it anymore. <laughs> All right, not exclusively, but that was a lot of them. All right. Uh, so, guys, Noobs in the Whovian, on that note, is brought to you by Google Fi. That's an <laughs> interesting way to segue. <laughs> guys, this is why you can't skip the ads on Noobs in the Whovian. If you, if you skip the ads on Noobs in the Whovian, you're just missing out on free bonus content. That's that's all it is. So, uh, Google Fi has their uh, cell phone plan. $20 a month gets you unlimited talk and text. Then it's just $10 per gig of data after that. It charges you down to the megabyte, so you're never paying for data that you didn't use. Um, if you have a, a month where you use a bunch, you pay a little bit more, but then next month when you hardly use any because you got home for vacation and nobody left the house for a month, then you don't pay that much. You can add on lines for just $15 per line per month. And if you head over to noobsinthehoovian.com slash five, you'll get $20 off after your first month. And I say after your first month because I think that means you don't get it in your first month because they want to make sure you're serious. We want we, we we don't want casual cell phone users here ah, at Noobs yes. in the Hoovian. We want committed people that 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 stand for something. Yeah. What? All right. <laughs> so that brings us down to the checklist. Welcome back, everyone who uh, tried to skip the ad. Uh, this is the checklist. Name of the episode spoken in dialogue. Uh, okay, I had to ask the noobs. I was like, it was on a sign. Does that count? And Corbin goes, Well, we definitely have to mention it. <laughs> I think it's the intention yeah. that counts. And yeah. So then, yes or or, or yeah. Okay. No, because that was definitely the writers being like, uh -huh, you see what we did there? It's on the sign. You, you think so? <laughs> you think, probably. Is, are you pretty sure that's what they sound like when they do it? Yeah, too? probably. Okay. I, I assume uh, anytime you hear the like the name of the movie or episode or whatever spoken in the thing, it's always the writers being like, what if we did this right here? Because that'd be really cool and no one would see it coming. <laughs> Why do you assume <laughs> that? <laughs> If there's a whole like. world happening in your mind that one day I want to tap into because I will be able to write so many movies and TV shows. I think I think that a lot of times uh, an episode gets its title after it's been written based off of things. That's that's what I think. Yeah. But that's a possibility. That makes more but, sense. I, but, I, but frankly, I like your version. Better, sometimes it where really the writers feels like. where the writers come up with a title of an episode and then go, all right. How do we work it into the into the dialogue? <laughs> and apparently they're not very good at it because there's plenty of episodes where we go, nope, they didn't say it. Can't believe they didn't, but they didn't. That or thank goodness they didn't. That would have been ridiculously done. <laughs> uh, so that brings us down to the creature of the week. I'm trying to, as we speak here, I'm trying to pull it up on the Wikia because we never, I, I don't remember ever getting a name for this thing. Do, do y'all? No. no. The closest we got is that some part of the way through, we decided it was female. And I, I, I don't know. Yeah, when? Oh, dope. The wiki. Did just, you say dope? Yeah. Okay. Yep. The 90s up. called. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, it just lists the main enemy as Lord Sutcliffe. Right. Okay. So There's that's, no mention of this alien. Well, no, no, no. So that's the thing is, remember, we changed that a while back because we used to do baddie of the yeah. week. And then we changed it to creature of the week. So they're, sometimes they're not the same, right? Yeah. So this is one of those times where Lord Sutcliffe, is it Sutcliffe or Sutliffe? What? Sutcliffe. Uh, Sutcliffe. Sutcliffe. Lord Sutcliffe is definitely the bad guy. Yeah. But as we talked about earlier, he Super. is a human. And so the creature of the week is not the bad guy. This is kind of like um, the Star Whale episode um, where they were, was, you know, the UK in space and they were flying on the back of the, of the Star Whale. And 
the star whale was not the bad guy of the week. We, we almost thought it was like, we, we got like a psych yeah. out and we got that here, right? Because this thing is eating people that makes it the baddie of the week. And then you're like, nope, it's just eating. <laughs> yeah. And the baddie of the week is the one who's determining that the eel chow that this thing is going to eat mm-hmm. is going to be people. So, um, Corbin, uh, did, did you get the, uh, the name of the thing? I'm desperately trying to find it. I, I mean, if it was ever said, it would have been a throwaway line because I don't remember it. And I was looking, I was listening out for it. The closest we got, I said that the closest we got was that they decided it was a girl. Actually, the closest we got was the, uh, the doctor called him, uh, called her tiny and Bill goes, what? And he goes, tiny, the Loch Ness monster, the not so little mermaid. (laughs) So roasting. I don't know if it's a roast. How's that a roast? Calling it tiny when it's like the size of the That's thing. like a reverse nickname, you know. Yeah. Are those, that's, that's a thing. Are those not generally roasts? Uh, Whenever I hear something like that, I just assume it's someone making fun of the person by giving them a nickname that doesn't apply at all. Oh. No. That's Sometimes not it, it is, at all. I guess. There's a great joke about that where this guy's like, uh, everybody, what is it? What is it? Uh, everybody calls me handsome Jack or something like that. And he is, uh, and they're like, handsome Jack, you. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we got, you know, tiny, but he's like, he's like real tall. So it's like a reverse nickname. So it's like, his is different. And then all of a sudden the guy just looks at him and he goes, wait, (laughs) he realizes everybody has a reverse nickname except for him. Wait a minute. Maybe it's not a reverse nickname. So I don't know. Maybe he was roasting the lockless monster. I don't know. <clears throat> uh, jiggery pokery for the TARDIS this week. Um, was, uh, Bill's wait, hang on. No, sorry. The doctor said this. Sorry. I was getting, I was getting stuff out of order. The doctor in reference to the TARDIS says she's a bad girl. This one always looking for trouble because again, here's an occasion where the doctor and, and Bill were definitely trying to get trying back to get home, home. Yeah. and landed in, what was it? 1841 London. And yeah. she's like, um, I have questions. <laughs> like, and she thought she, I love this. I love that Bill assumed that if the doctor was trying to get them home, that they were going to get home. Right. Yeah. Even though he's already said, you don't steer the TARDIS, you negotiate with her. Um, that line aside, she assumes the doctor did it. So this must be a parallel universe because yeah. this must be that parallel universe where 2017 London is frozen over and everyone's dressed like they're in a Dickens play and there's an elephant walking on the frozen toes. It's an elephant. Okay. Yeah. Can you yeah. imagine that world? That's uh, yeah, pretty weird. I feel like we've been to it a few times. The, 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 the one episode where all time was happening at once. Oh, there was, yeah. there were some scenes like that where, uh, mm-hmm. they referenced Winston Churchill riding his, mm-hmm. his, uh, his, uh, elephant through London or I don't remember exactly what it was, but, um, she refers to the doctor's magic wand and he says, sonic screwdriver. She says, how is that a screwdriver? To which he says, in a very broad sense, she says, okay, how is it sonic? And he says, it makes a noise. <laughs> Didn't we do this one time before? I think so. Didn't Eleven yeah. do that one time where like it makes a noise, therefore it's sonic? Um, so I have a sonic hand because I can <laughs> make noises with it. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'm a Sonic. Sonic mouth. (laughs) Um, We had the return after a a long absence of the psychic paper. We hadn't seen that one in in quite a while. And so she's like, how are you going to get in? He flips open the 
this the psychic paper to Bill, and she says, "You work for the palace." Like just you know, he doesn't explain to her at I don't all. Know what it does? And you know what? Yeah. Now that I'm now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think he ever did. I, yeah, he flipped it open. She's like, "You work at the palace," so in her mind, that's how we're going to get in. And yeah. then when he shows it to the dude. He said he says something else. He doesn't even say anything about right. the palace. He's like, "Oh, yeah. you work for Mr. Lord Sutcliffe." Uh, Sutcliffe. One of these days, I'm going to get his name right. She doesn't comment on that at all. Like, wait a minute, yeah. that's not what it says. Yeah, <laughs> there was no process. there was no conversation about it. So now I'm wondering, like, if again, if we're supposedly the pilot was like the reboot. Now we're two episodes down the road. We've introduced another new thing, and we didn't introduce <laughs> it and not explained it. We did not explain. This is my it. blank ID badge that she sees as being me working for the palace. That's right. Uh, you know what? Uh, th- this just popped into mind as as I'm thinking through these. The, this is the third episode, not the second episode, because the first episode was all there locally, right? In oh, Bill's yeah. in Bill's world, right? And then the next one is when they were supposed to go back to his office for tea. Supposed. And then to. between here in my office and before the kettle boils is everything that ever happened. Yeah. Then they went to the, 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 the emoji the bot place. planet. And yeah. then in their attempt to get back for tea landed <laughs> here. Yeah. So when we later on, when we see Nardole, he's missed two adventures. Yeah. I did. That just dawned on me that I, I was like, Oh look, they're picking up where they left off. Right. That was two episodes ago. Yeah. Also, it makes their whole, technically, we didn't leave planet totally invalid because they did last adventure. And it was only when they were trying to get back. Oh, that is very true. (laughs) It's only when they were trying to get back that they they even could make that excuse at all. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I've got more notes on that later. So um, I think that was it for the... um, for the old checklist here. We didn't have a whole lot of stuff. Needless sacrificial death. We didn't have a, a sacrificial... Needless the kid death. died. Yeah, but that wasn't a needless. He wasn't That's dying sad. for someone. And then it had his a hat totally undigested. Oh, that that trope when side. the cowboy hat bloops back up to the top of the of the water, completely unharmed, even though the person has obviously been eaten. Um, <laughs> no, like fragments of their jacket or anything. Just the hat on its the, own. The one red like, the hat with like a tooth a tooth hole in it or something. Like no, give us some no, indication. It was there. Huh? Oh, I thought you were saying it had a tooth hole in it. No, that's what I'm saying. Is it, oh, did, no. it had nothing. Yeah, like it's, he got pulled it, under and his hat just like bobbed no, he, up no, in the water. The, um, oh yeah, he the, burped the not so little out. mermaid burped it out. Yeah, they never explained. Which was also ridiculous. Fish don't burp. Yeah, yeah. fish don't. Anyways, fish don't burp. They what never burp? explain the thing with the ice just like repairing itself. They, are these magic fish that have okay. dangly bits on their forehead and also right, can so melt? We'll, we'll and jump re- back up to the top of the of the list here with the creature because I was confused as to why the creature causes the Thames to freeze over. Is that what they said? That's definitely yeah. what they said. Like Bill, I don't know. Why. Bill oh, hypothesized yeah. that, and then, and then like, yeah, Lord Sutcliffe Cliff basically was like, yes. Absolutely. I forget exactly what he said, but like, it's this is the it's the greatest first biggest freeze he's brought for us or that it's caused, right? Yeah, yeah. and I it, so I guess if somehow the creature is dropping the temperature, okay, dropping the temperature in the Thames so much so that it not only freezes over but also cools down all of London. Not only does it do that, but it free, it cools it down so much that when these fish things uh, cut a hole in the ice. Then it 
immediately refreezes because that's how cold it is. Which, by the way, how were the fish getting making the hole? And how what are, are those fish? How are the fish alive? It's just it's frozen water. They mm-hmm. should be hiding. No, no, no. It's 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 frozen at the top. The the you know. When I we, think even when, when water they were down there walking the around, that huh? I think even when water freezes on the top. The fish still like go into hibernation because it's cold outside. Um, I don't know. They don't want to Maybe not these fish. die. If, if this is the cold. hill we're going to die on on this episode, then we're I mean <laughs> we're going to have a hard time. They're also glowfish in like a river, so like. Yeah, but what even right. are they? That what is, are they alien? Is this thing alien? Are there no aliens in this episode? I, I yeah. think this is one of those episodes where the Doctor and the TARDIS are the only alien things involved. Yes, that's I, what I think because. That thing has been in the Thames since anybody can remember. It's been a secret handed down in his family before anybody could even remember. How do you keep something like that secret? The Thames is like one of the well, here, most traveled waterways. Okay, here, here's the thing. Uh, oh, I don't know. But I mean, if it's down below the surface, then, you know. Whenever someone falls in, they just get eaten. That's all. Yeah, which would not be weird for somebody to fall into a river and disappear. That wouldn't be terribly... I guess not, Weird. but if every time someone fell in that river, they were never seen from again, that would be a little weird. Well, I don't think it's every time. But, they, okay, here's my question. Is the the family was keeping this thing chained down for generations to harvest this poop coal, which is incredibly useful during the Industrial Revolution. But go back 200 years, what were they using it for? What was? Why was it so valuable? Yeah, they used it for candles. <laughs> well, that, yeah, it's like it burns uh, burns hotter than you can measure and a thousand times longer than coal. Again, okay. wonderful for powering like, your industrial plants. Why? Great if you're like trying to melt iron and crap. They're but, like, yeah, mm, but it's let not. Me give me some of that fire poop. It's, <laughs> but it's it's not real good for like breaking up into small chunks for you to put in your fireplace at, at the house you know, to warm up your living room and subsequently melt the, the, the <laughs> bricks of your f- chimney or whatever. Um, so I don't, I don't get why that, what was the financial motivation? It would make more sense if it was happening in 2017 and you find out it's yeah. been happening since 1841 yeah. or something like that. But I also love the, the TARDIS scanning it and detecting a life form. And as Tripp said, the whole river is the life form. <laughs> Because, yeah, I mean, according yeah. to the TARDIS scan, it looked like it was the width of the of Thames the yeah. for like three quarters of the length of the Thames. Like, how big is this thing? What yeah. it is? Yeah. Like, how is any water flowing at all? How has no one noticed this thing if it's yeah. that big? Yeah, because if it's if it's that wide, you would think it would be that tall as well. And I don't. I guess I don't know how deep and like wide the Thames is. Massive flat one. When when it leaves, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the water just like drops down. Yeah, there's by like, like 50%. no more river. <laughs> okay, all right. And I'm a, one one last nitpick about size, scale, and and all of this kind of stuff is that the tar- the TARDIS scan when it showed the red. It definitely was like riverbank to riverbank <laughs> life form. Yeah. When we see it swim away, no, no. When we see it swim away, it was big, but it was it not. Was like it was not a fourth the of width it. of the river. Yeah. Now the other thing was there was a the last glimpse we got of this thing was them looking out 
and it like doing a little splash as it was going away. And you could hear it make, you know, before it, it made the sound of despair and loneliness. Yeah. Now it was making a sound of joy and, and freedom and all this kind of stuff, right? We have that moment. So you kind of see it do the little splash out of the water on the other side of a bridge. Mm. The pylons of which were closer together than that thing's body was wide. It so was it like crashed. It was like a third of the width of that bridge, which had like eight pylons. So to have gone past that bridge, it would have mauled three or four of those pylons and destroyed the bridge. And we're seeing it on the other side of it. And by the way, the length that thing would have been where we're seeing the bit of it splashing around past the bridge, probably a good mile of it is still on the other side of the bridge. <laughs> and it's just like, do, 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 do. Oh, also, I love, like, the doctor has this line where it's like, oh, humans are great at ignoring stuff. It's like the whole of London just didn't see this thing. But during that time, people did seem to believe in, like, mythological creatures and yeah. stuff. It wouldn't have been, like, too crazy to see an article where it's like, oh, London sees this massive thing, and people nowadays to just ignore it as some bullcrap, but it yeah. actually be real. <laughs> but instead, the, it's like this mile-long sea serpent leaving the Thames just goes unnoticed <laughs> by the entirety of London. Well, no, like, again, it's, not, it's what the doctor it's what the doctor talked about once they got back, and Bill was essentially Googling what happened back then yeah. and finding no evidence of it. So the doc, that's where the doctor is, again, talking about how there was, there was a lot of hand-waving in this episode because in that instance, he's like, there it is again, you know, humanity's ability to completely forget about the incredible things that are constantly happening around him. And we started the episode with, isn't someone going to notice the TARDIS? And he's like, no, nah. <laughs> like you people don't notice anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, if it's any, if it, if, if it's any indication, every time there's Christmas, people are like, there's no such thing as aliens, except mm -hmm. for the ones that attacked London last year on this oh, day yeah. like and the, the year before. You're right. When yeah. they left. Yeah. Like you all have, of one day. By the way, there's, I mean, you know, without being spoilery, there's a, there's an episode in the most recent season that aired <laughs> where the head of a secret intelligence agency is like, we didn't take the alien threat seriously. We didn't think aliens were real. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you forget about the part where your planet was kidnapped by Daleks? <laughs> Not the people. Not the people. The they took your whole planet. planet. Yeah, they ripped the you planet out of the sky. You collectively looked into the sky and saw strange skies with crazy close planets. And y'all were part of a, of a galaxy engine and then oh. got dragged back by the TARDIS. <laughs> so, you know, you got to do like a road trip through the universe. Ah, aliens probably aren't real, though. Those don't exist. What? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I really don't know if that, if, because this is not the first time the doctor has said this. I wonder if that is them hand waving away that inconsistency over the years. Uh, and it's yeah. just saying, you know, when you get right down to it, humanity just forgets. It's like, and I'm like, okay, but people don't forget significant things like that in their yeah. own lifetime. 
that's that's the thing that bothers me. It's not just that like, okay, 200 years ago, there was a monster in the Thames and, and it's lost to history. Yeah, that makes sense. That's different than... Remember I that time that when alien. I was on the planet when yeah. it got kidnapped by aliens? <laughs> no, I don't remember that time. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just how? No. It's like the whole planet is collectively Donna. Just missing out on everything. <laughs> yeah. And oblivious, you know. Gosh. Oh. Which if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, Donna did end up missing out on that, right? I think so. Yeah. Or did she get or did she get No, she got that erased. That's that was part of what got oh, erased. Yeah. So that whole, all of that stuff, she missed out on it because she got erased. And her parents just wrote it off as, well, that's Donna. But even, even still, <laughs> like the slow invasion with all the cubes. Yeah, it's like every single person in the world had Saw one the of those cubes. Cube had, had a thousand of those cubes. I know, they were everywhere. Oh my and then they and then turned they into aliens. You how can't many, tell me you How many them. people got turned into Cybermen? How many people got turned into the oh, Master? Yeah. How many people... <laughs> You know, yeah, turned we shifted into mess. parallel universes and came back and just, oh, well, whatever. We're not going to worry about that. <laughs> Aliens aren't real. <laughs> it's, you know, it's the same problem that Star Trek used to always suffer from, especially in the, in the original series and to a lesser extent, the earlier seasons of TNG is you would go through these like galaxy altering events. And then the next week you completely forget about it. And, yeah. and, and that was just like the nature of episodic television. But now we're like so much further along than that. <laughs> 2017, Lost is off the air. <laughs> Lost already happened. All six seasons of Lost already happened. We've we've gotten used to narrative, you know, long tail narratives and, and all this kind of stuff. So, hey, um, uh, Noobs in the Whovian does like Doctor Who. Indeed. Let's just remind yeah. it. <laughs> just, just in case you were still, still every, with us here every now on and then I, Every now and then I get a Facebook comment or a tweet that's like, do, do the noobs even like this show anymore? And I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes I'd be curious to ask him. Hey, other stuff we noticed. Um, the doctor's been here a few times. And when I wrote that note, I was thinking he had been to the frost fairs, which by the way, the frost fairs were a thing mm. that, that was, that was real. When the Thames wow. would freeze over and they would go out and have this fair out on the river, that was a thing. And they happened of every now and then, like every few years, you would mm. get a hard enough freeze that it was safe to go out on the Thames. And so when I first wrote this note, I was thinking the doctor has been to frost fairs uh, when he, when he mentioned it yeah. and she's like, Oh, you've been here before. And he's like, Oh yeah, a few times. What, the, according to the Wikia and I, I, I didn't hundred percent dig into this, but it rang true. Um, remember when river was breaking back into storm cage mm. and the alarms going off and she's like, Oh, calm down. I'm breaking back in. And then Rory yeah. shows up. And she says, I just got back from the frost fair of 1841. Um, or, or, or maybe she didn't say of 1841. She said the last frost fair, which was this one. And she says, um, the doctor took me there. Stevie Wonder sang under a bridge on the, uh, on the Thames. And Rory says, Stevie Wonder was at the frost fair. And she goes, not that he knows. <laughs> it's like, shh, don't tell him, you know, because he's he's blind, so he didn't know he was in the past or on a frozen river. He just thought it was cold. And um, so so they were specifically at this frost fair. Oh. Have they not seen this? Okay. So this is this is what I'm getting at is the doctor didn't remember as well. He didn't remember what? 
that he was at this frost fair. No, he said, she said, you've been here before. And he says, oh yeah, a few times. Like, yeah, yeah, he, he knows he's been to this one, but he doesn't remember the massive monster that came out. Okay. That's what I'm getting at is that apparently when 11 brought river here, they didn't see the lights under the ice. Hmm. And this is what's blowing my mind is, okay, so we had the discussion a couple of episodes ago about how if the doctor has been teaching at this university for 70 years, that means that when uh, the, I forget exactly the overlap, but possibly he was there teaching while the first doctor was at Trotter's Lane. Hmm. He was definitely there when the third doctor was exiled to Earth and fighting aliens and saving the world. And, and presumably 12 was not getting involved in that. So now here we have the opposite where the doctor went to the same time and place twice. And the first time he was there had a wonderful date with his wife. And ignored the giant and, creature and either eating people, either ignored it or simply didn't discover it, which is just like mind boggling to me. Things, those lights were everywhere how would he have not noticed them the only thing i could think is what if they came in the first few days of the frost fair and the lights weren't as active at that time Mm -hmm. or the other thing is if you remember the head of the thing was down at one spot Hmm. and it was like a mile down river where they were (laughs) remember they were at the other end you know, collecting things. Picking up poop bricks and yeah. crap. So I don't know where all the fair would have been. Maybe there was stuff downriver. I say downriver. Mm-hmm. might have been upriver. I don't know. Um, at a different point, um, uh, as much as a mile away, where Eleven and River and Stevie Wonder were. Who knows? Mm. But it did, it did kind of, it did make me chuckle because initially I just wrote it off as, oh yeah, I've been to frost fairs. But no, he's been to this one as yeah, 11. That's kind of what I thought. And then I went, mm, that doesn't make much sense. Yeah, but no, so. that's con- that's confirmed because that was what River said was he took me to the last Frost Fair. So it was this one. And again, he specifically said at the beginning of this episode that it's the day before the thaw. So they were there the day before the Frost Fair was ending and everything was going to thaw out. So maybe 11 and River came earlier in the fair. And didn't see the lights. I mean, obviously they didn't see the lights. Or if they did see the lights, they decided not to do anything about it. And that's why, (laughs) that's why 12 immediately, you know, went looking for it or something. Who knows? Who knows? But it is, it is really interesting to think about when you start putting these long stretches of time in or taking all of these adventures, you start to have overlap. Yeah. You start to have, okay, uh, you know, while I think we've, we've briefly mentioned this before. And I think Jared has even had some classic who stuff where sometimes you'll, we're watching a story and unbeknownst to us, the fourth doctor was also having an adventure in that same time period, but it was in Paris and this episode mm-hmm. was in London or vice versa, you know, or whatever. And, and so much of it is happening at the same time because there's only so many times there's, like nobody ever goes back to like, you know, Tuesday of some random year. Yeah. You know, like you're always going to go back to a significant period. Yeah. You're not just going to land in 12th century, uh, Sherwood. You're going to land in Robin Hood's backyard. Yeah. You know? Uh, so the, the list of places you can go and things you can do gets, gets slim. So, 
Um, I think there's even been times where, you know how sometimes the doctor will name check something and we find out from Jared that it was a classic Who reference. Mm. And sometimes it wasn't. It was just him name dropping. I think there's been occasions where it happened the other way around, where there was a name drop and then a subsequent episode had that adventure or something like that. Where like, wow. you know, it's like, oh yeah, I've, I've you know, hung out with so-and-so before. And then you find out that actually happened later on or something like that. I don't know. Um, let's see. The doctor says, or excuse me, Bill says every choice I make right now, she is freaking out by the way. What are the rules of time travel? What are we doing? Because the last episode they went to the future outer space on some other planet. This time they are in her past, right? Her country in the past. And she's like, what about the butterfly effect and all this kind of stuff? And then he teases her about, right. That's what happened to Pete. Who's Pete? (laughs) Exactly. What a sad, tragic character. Pete. (laughs) Yeah. the, uh, The unknown Pete that we, that we never knew. Um, she says, so every choice I make right now could change the whole future. And he goes, yeah, just like every other day. <laughs> and it is so funny. That is something that I, I have thought about before when, uh, so Star Trek, you know, there's a, there's a prime directive where you don't interfere with pre-warp cultures. There's also, you find out as the, as the shows go on, there's a temporal prime directive in the future that you don't go back and change the past. Yeah. And what, ha- by the way, what happens when you go back? In in sci-fi, you go back and you change the past. Everything what inevitably goes happens? Wrong. Always goes wrong. Horribly. This is wrong. the only way that everything could turn out right. Well, and not only not only does it go wrong, it goes like as wrong as it possibly could. Like okay, like Biff becomes the dictator of this small <laughs> little town. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and okay, it's it's not it's not that Biff went back, cheated, and therefore became rich. It's like, and because he became rich, Hill Valley went in the toilet, <laughs> like rampant crime. crime. Rampant. Yeah. Yeah. Like all of that. And I've always thought, you know, what if we applied that same logic to our present and like, oh, I, you know, I turned left instead of turning right. Yeah. And because of that, you know, the, the Nazis came back, you know, it's like, what, how, how, what? But that's the logic. And the doctor puts, puts a, a very fine point on that and says, yeah, that's what you're always doing. It just, right now you're doing it in 1841 instead of doing it in 2017. It's no different. Every choice yeah. you make is impacting the future. And I love that she says, could change the whole future. It's like, no, it will change yeah. the whole future. It already has. Right. Um, and, then he, and then he says a line that is just, not, not just the epitome of the doctor. This is 12 to a T. <laughs> it's just time travel. Don't overthink it. <laughs> just oh, yeah, just time travel. To. You know, she's like worried about the butterfly effect and ripples and, you know, I'm, uh, maybe I'm going to ruin the future. And he's like, it's just time travel. Don't like, don't overthink it. It's okay. okay. Don't worry about it's it. It's just a you Tuesday, okay. man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I would, um, I would love to see a time travel movie where you go back and you change something and it just does not matter. You know, go, like you, you go back, like you go back and save Hitler Lincoln and nothing. And, right. Yeah, exactly. Like just some other dude took his place or, you know, you save Lincoln and then it turns out that didn't change anything whatsoever, you know, um, or, or like, or go back and accidentally kill Lincoln earlier and someone else issues the emancipation proclamation. So it didn't matter. It was going to happen anyway. Or it makes things like better, like. They yeah. go back oh, there you and go. they Better. change it yeah, and there it you actually go. works. Step yeah. on a butterfly and the future becomes a utopia. And you're like, oh, why didn't we try this before? <laughs> why didn't we go stepping on butterflies? Corbin, is it um, the end of eternity kind of has this built in 
the end of eternity is an Isaac Asimov uh, novel about time travel that, that is a this really interesting approach to time travel. So like there's this, there's this organization that is like the keeper of time and history and everything. And they go in and make changes here and there to the, to the timeline. But what they talk about in that book is that uh, nature time has a, has a healing property to it. So you can go in and you can make a change. They, they view things on the scale of centuries. So you can go into the 25th century and make a change and it will change things. It will have ripple effects. But by the time you get to the 26th century, things are pretty much the same as they were in the 26th century before you made that change. And like you just go in and take out like a town. I mean, I guess. <laughs> take it out of how I guess <laughs> nukes <laughs> apparently. Um, but yeah, that's, that's like, that is baked into his version of time travel in that story hmm. is that there's this snapback effect. So for example, they unleashed this giant creature out of the Thames and nobody ever recorded it, talked about it. It didn't make a big change, but that one kid got made the new Lord Sutcliffe and all of his friends got to live happily ever after. You know, in this episode, I was kind of under the impression that this is just how things always happened anyways. Because they go into I it did. referencing, this is the last day before the thaw. And uh, then we see they they were the ones who thawed out the lake. And I just figured, oh, okay, so this is how it's always been. I wondered about that. I did wonder, was this like a Fires of Pompeii situation where... yeah. The doctor releasing that thing—that kind of always happened. Yeah. Except that it doesn't matter whether that thing escaped or didn't escape. Doesn't seem to have had any impact on the future at all. <laughs> Except for the fact that now we go. How did they not write that up in the paper? Yeah. Other than that, there's no. no also, big... where did it go? Antarctica. Somewhere cold is all. Apparently, he said. Greenland. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Greenland. Yeah. I do love. She's like, I hope we didn't just like unleash like <laughs> just terrible plague on Greenland when it you know goes after some small town there. Oh, there you go, trip. That's one way you could take out a town. Um, <laughs> but Corbin, the main thing is it's just time travel. Like, don't don't overthink. Don't it. overthink. Oh, don't okay, overthink. then. <laughs> Who's who? Um, we start off with Nardole, even though he's <laughs> the very last thing we see here. But I did. I loved that whole bit where he comes in. And he's got like a hot pot of tea there because that's that's all the time that has passed. I also didn't understand the very not British line of I also added some coffee to give it some flavor. Yeah, it's like, like what? what? That sounds like something we would say. <laughs> that sounds like some jab we would make. Why is tea is crap? I'm gonna put some coffee in there to no, make it taste. No, the tea is not crap. It just doesn't taste like anything. Apparently, oh. it's like it's so light. I added some coffee for flavor. Like, no, that's just a different drink. All together. Uh, so we did have the bit at the end, though, where he's down. So he's he is ticked at the doctor about his vow. And we'll, we can come back to that later. But he goes downstairs to check on the vault. And mm -hmm. something or Trip, as Trip said, something or someone knocked. And he's he starts, like, talking back to this entity, whatever it is, and saying, uh, you know, oh, you think you're, you think you're, you know, you're getting sassy just cause you know, he's not here. Well, don't think he's not, uh, you know, focused. He's, he's not distracted at all and blah, blah, blah. And I'm still here. And as long as I'm still here, you are going nowhere. And then he walks off. And then he does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 
So, um, did it did it bother anybody else that it didn't knock four times? Oh, I didn't even think of that. It just it really like as soon as I started Why, hearing you just the knock, throw everyone off. Like, no, just because anything that knocks in this show knocks four knock times four now. Times. Like it's just a thing now. Um, I even uh, yeah. Anyways, um, so who is Bill? So we'll we'll come back to the vault in our in our theory section. But who is Bill? She is low key in love with the TARDIS. She has dresses and she's always looking for trouble. That is the TARDIS, not <laughs> not Bill. Not not Bill. Yeah. Um, she. What? What? <laughs> oh, this the, it auto corrected. It's, it's it should have said kinda, and it said kinds. Um, I said uh, she kind of got to the dark parts of the Doctor quickly. Did y'all notice wow. that? <laughs> Have you killed people? How many? Have you moved on? Well, wow. I mean, okay, so <laughs> she saw the doctor deal with death. I correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I feel like this was earlier than a lot of companions get confronted by this. Yeah. I don't know. Like because this there's always death. people dying. And he doesn't always normally respond. Okay, no, but th- think back to the first few episodes for any given companion. How long does it normally take before we see the dark side of the, where do we start with the doctor and a new companion? Happy go oh, lucky. Wonder. Ha- yeah. yeah. Fun, adventure, time travel. And then the second episode, normally like testing them out. Like right? to see what yes. they're made of. Which we definitely got here. Mm-hmm. Right. Make a call boss. But I, I just, maybe I'm misremembering, but I feel like we got to the dark side of the doctor really fast here. Okay. Yeah. Here's what it is. Let's say, cause I don't remember. I can't, I'm trying to think back on Rose on Amy, on Clara, and they're, like, when did they first see that, oh, wait, this is dangerous. Like, traveling with the doctor isn't just fun, it's dangerous. And then dealing with, oh, wait, people die. And, oh, wait, it doesn't seem to bother the doctor. And, oh, wait, what? It, how many people die on your watch, doctor? And have you ever killed anybody? Like, I mean, how long do we have to go? How many conversations do we have to have that Bill just went straight for the throat? Yeah. She's like, I've never seen anybody die. Have you? How many? If you care so much, how many? I, and he doesn't even say, so many I've lost count. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's better or worse to say that statement, honestly. He just says, I've moved on. And then she says, how many have you killed? Or no, have, have you ever killed anyone? And he's kind of like dodging the question which I, I I get that, you know, doctor's always a little guilt-ridden. But then, how many? Which, like, has any companion ever directly, mm-hmm. that pointedly said, how yeah. many have you killed? And he has to, like, like, he doesn't lie. He has to kind of, like, own up that, like, I've lost count because I've moved on. And she just gets straight to that. Yeah. So... I mean, as if he even could keep count when he's like sometimes killing entire armies of unknown proportions. And well, I mean, he like wiped out the Time Lords and the Daleks. So yeah. he thought for a long time. Yeah. It's like it, a lot of the time, like the Daleks, it, it's pretty black and white. They're like the evil coming to destroy. Yeah, but like, the what universe. about the Ragnos's babies? Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, that was a little intense and really yeah. unnecessary. <laughs> so there are some times where he's just killed out of total spite or something. I yeah. don't know, but like, yeah. So that's the thing is, I feel like she just cut right through any sort of 
dodging or bull crap that the, the doctor might try and pull and is just like, tell me who you are, you know? And so she had to come face to face with that. And then my next note says she moved on. Very quickly. It was like yeah. the next scene. Yeah. And, and you know, kind of like make side eyes at the doctor and he's like looking at her and then she sticks her tongue out. And I'm like, well, that's weird, Dern. Because this was like, like reality shattering truths about the doctor that seemed to really genuinely bother her. Yeah. And then when it was her turn to, by the way, here's another thing. How quickly did she go through the cycle of becoming the doctor to someone else? Right. Remember we yeah. talked about that with Clara, like eventually she got to where she was the doctor almost taking Didn't, risks and all this kind of stuff. For one episode she like called herself that. Yes. She pretended yeah. to be the doctor. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. She, she, she told, I don't know, the Daleks or the Cybermen or somebody, I'm the doctor. And um, here we have Bill doing that for the little girl, uh, yeah. Kitty, telling her these hard truths, right? And I've moved on. Um, so that's, wow. wow. Like we're, we're getting a lot in with Bill. Um, I think, I don't think it's spoilers because again, production level, you guys are aware of things. Y'all know we only get Bill for this season, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, next season marks, it, next season will be like the 11th hour. It'll be new showrunner, yeah. new doctor, new companions, new TARDIS, new Sonic. Everything is new, new theme music, new opening credit. Everything is mm -hmm. new, uh, starting with 13. So I, I kind of feel like they knew this going in. It's a short season already. Cause remember we're down to 12 episodes starting with mm -hmm. 12. Um, he mm -hmm. doesn't get the 13 like everybody else does. Um, we're like, Hey, if we're going to get to know bill, we, we better get cracking. Yeah. Like, let's get busy. Um, and then the doctor has the bit where he says he serves at the pleasure of the human race. So she needs to give him an answer. And Tripp, this mm -hmm. is going to your point earlier of testing him out. Yeah. Except this is, this is kill the moon a whole season earlier in, in the, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, well, no, 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 not a whole season. Cause Clara, no, 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 that was 11 in Clara. Wasn't it? No. Who was killed the moon? No, that was 12. So yeah, that Clara, was. Clara oh, was a whole yeah. season before she was determining the fate of the human race slash an alien. Um, I guess, I guess, um, Amy got this pretty early on cause she had to f decide to free the star whale. Sort of, kind of. Yeah. But I mean, it was that same thing where it was like, if you do this, you risk, all of humanity that is on the back of this thing. So what are you going to do? Um, so yeah, he definitely was like, put her to the test, but in an interesting way, instead of abandoning Clara, he stuck with Bill and gave her input, gave her in, you know, some, some yeah. advice and whatnot. Uh, so who is the doctor? He's a bit of a thief himself. He says, <laughs> yeah, he stole, he stole like 60 of those things. So many. That was, that was, so many. I mean, that was, that was, that had to be a time Lord top hat, right? Yeah, he, like he pulled four like pies 12 fish pies that. out of it. <laughs> Give Crazy. like two to each of the seven kids. Okay, wait a minute. I just thought of something. So if the top hat was Time Lord, you know, bigger on the inside, presumably that means if oh. you stick your hand in it to put a fish pie in there, it just keeps going down, right? Yeah. So what would happen if, say, you took a, a, a fist-sized rock and put it inside that top hat and then flipped it over and put it on your head? How far does that rock fall before it hits you in the head? You would probably die. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like fish pies? fish pies falling from a thousand feet or whatever. What you say? Also, he totally gave that kid one of those hats. He put the hat on the kid and then oh, he walked did. off. Oh, he did. And then he stole somebody else's hat. Wait. Gave him so time lord. Which hat was which hat was he wearing when he sold the fish pies? Was it the his one hat? that he got from the TARDIS? Yeah, because that was early on. 
Yeah. And then he gave that hat to the kid. So it wasn't time uh, wait, for technology, hang on, the one that he stole? Hang on. Wait. Could he just hide inside Where of did it? the fish pies come from that he gave the kids? Because she seemed to have some and he had some. Where did those come from? I think it was from his hat. Yeah, no, he yeah, pull, he, he flipped over flipped hat. over his hat and was pulling him out of his hat. But that wasn't the hat that he wore out of the TARDIS. That was the one he stole from the guy, um, at the at the bowling alley thing. Remember that he just grabbed a hat, yeah. popped it on his head, wink, nudge, nudge, and then let's split. Which, by the way, the the Wikia called that game that they were playing, where she rolled a ball and knocked down wooden pins, Skittles. Skittles. <laughs> that was called Skittles. Parentheses sport. So there, because because again, there was a whole page for it. So I clicked wow. on it to see to get an explanation of Skittles was what we now call bowling or something like that. It? Skittles, like the candy, S K I T T L E S. Uh. Skittles. Uh, so the Wikia had a whole page dedicated to it that just said Bill played Skittles on the Thames. Like that was you know that was it. That was what do you got? Uh, it's called skittles is bowling is it any different than bowling like it looked like okay it looked like what we would call in america duck pin bowling uh it's where what bowling is descended from so. okay so instead of having like a 12 pound ball with three holes in it duck pin bowling is you have a ball a little bit bigger than a ski ball and the pins are smaller so it's just a it's just a variation on 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 bowling that's kind of what it reminded me of so at any rate that they, they call it skittles Yep. Um, I love the line where the doctor says, I assumed we'd, I assumed we'd get to work eventually. Right. Like he knew yeah. that the TARDIS brought him here for something. Obviously. So interestingly enough, the TARDIS had been, Ooh, the TARDIS had been there before. Maybe that's why she brought him there because they were there once before and he didn't pay enough attention didn't do and didn't job. find the monster. So the TARDIS was like, Hey, by the way, we're going to, we're going to loop back around here in, in another regeneration or two. We're going to come back here with a new companion. That'll be fun. He says, I'm 2000 years old and I've never had the time for the luxury of outrage. I love it when the doctor waxes poetic. I've never had the time for the luxury of outrage. Then he says, Oh, speaking of waxing poetic, he says, passion fights, but reason wins. Mm. And then he immediately punches the guy in the face. Oh yeah. <laughs> Holy racism, Batman. Lord Sutcliffe was just a turd. He was a he was a, a poop coal brick man, <laughs> yeah, um, whose whose racism burned a thousand times hotter and longer. And good grief, he was a racist, a sex. And by the way, the the Wikia had a had a line about I don't, pff, I don't even remember which category this came under. There were so many categories for this one. There was food and beverages, and there was weather, and there was all this kind of stuff. And one of the lines said. Lord Sutcliffe was a racist and a sexist. I'm like, thanks, Wikia. I didn't oh, pick up all that. Notice. Um, actually, was he a sexist? I don't even remember him making a remark to Bill that didn't involve her being black. I don't know. I don't know. I yeah, that but. was that was mind blowing to me. Um, I did like the. I I don't know exactly what was going on, but there was there was some dealing with race in this episode, mm -hmm. where she the doctor's like, "Hey, let's go into town and check out the frost fair," and she's like, like, "Uh," <laughs> she points to her face and she goes, "Uh, the past melanin." You know, she's like, <laughs> "I'm the wrong shade to be just hanging out at the frost fair." But then later on, she points to a crowd of people and goes, "Way more black than the movies show," mm. and the doctor says, "Yeah, history's a whitewash," and it's like. It is something that we have so to. So it's Jesus. 
Was that in here? Yeah. I think they did. Said he say that. that? He did say that. Said. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's a lot more black than than the movie show. And he goes, "So is Jesus." And I was like, "Hey!" I like, "I don't know about black, but he was definitely a Middle Eastern Jew. He wasn't a white guy. He was not a pale, blue-eyed guy with you know with long, straight hair." Um, yeah. So it was it was interesting to be reminded that when. When we make a movie, when we make a television show, and we go back in the past, we're doing it with uh, what 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 they call in Hollywood. I don't know if the UK has an equivalent of this. Hollywood has what's called central casting, it, it, which if you 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 put out a call for all right, we need forty background extras, and we need one of them to be uh, you know a boxer, you know, so like imagine the Frost Fair. We we need a couple of guys to wrestle, and then we need a guy to like you know. Uh, we need a woman that kind of looks this age, you know, those kinds of things. And so there's this phrase of, they look like somebody straight out of central casting. In other words, they look like an organization sent the perfect person to match mm-hmm. your thing. And unfortunately, a lot of that is going to be very culturally bound, right? I, I'm reminded of this when I watch clips of movies from other countries. And it's... I remember watching a, a, a clip on YouTube one time of a movie I desperately want to find, by the way, because it is simply a battle scene. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to see this whole movie. And it's probably subtitled. It's not in English. And I will I will read every word of it because it is well done and intense. But you're watching this battle take place. And I want to say the movie is probably Indian. And mm-hmm. so everyone in the movie is Indian. But it's it's like there's knights and and like it, it takes place in a place in, in in a time maybe maybe more like a Roman or or Greek Greco Roman that kind of time, and we're used to looking at that and seeing a bunch of white people playing those parts, right? Uh, Brad Pitt playing Achilles and stuff like that, and then you realize they probably didn't look like that. Like oh, Greeks no. are a little darker skinned than Brad Pitt, and <laughs> so when I'm looking at it, going, those people weren't Indian. And then I have to go, oh, but they weren't American. They weren't American either. They weren't like super white, uh, you know, Anglo-European either. And so it's a a good reminder that um, whenever you're watching a historical piece, they can get the cars right or the buggies right or the buildings right and maybe the technology and maybe the costuming. But how accurately are they portraying the people of the time? You know, Corbin uh, has pointed out numerous times how great the teeth are on some of the cavemen that we've encountered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's my like, favorite thing okay. to look for in movies. Right. Like, <laughs> this person's been stuck on an island or they live in medieval right. England and they have perfect just, teeth. Just straight white teeth. Yeah. Yes. Just gleaming Shinier white. Shinier than the sun. Yes. Right. And it's because you have to go, okay, well, they were casting who they had. And so, again, in casting who they had, you're going to end up with. The predominant, the predominant race and culture and gender and and other norms and things that conform to what is the 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 majority in that industry because it's not even necessarily reflective mm. of the whole culture. It's reflective of who are the actors, right? So um, that was a, that was a fantastic line. Uh, we had the return of Doctor Disco <laughs> because apparently the. Uh, uh, oh crap! What's it called? The uh, the psychic paper referred to him as Doctor Disco. Yeah, 
What, was that what the other dude wanted to see or what know. the doctor wanted to see? Remember, show we've, we've debated before how much control does the doctor have over it? Yeah. Apparently, and enough to change his name. There's a part of me that, that just has to assume that the doctor went, eh, let's call me Dr. Disco. <laughs> that was a great callback. Um, he preferred it when Lord Sutcliffe was an alien because it, it, it explained the inhumanity. Mm, so you guys were probably expecting like I was that Lord Sutcliffe was definitely either an alien or controlled by an alien, right? Yeah. Cause that's the trope in doctor who, but did y'all notice he gave it away? The doctor, before we knew about Lord Sutcliffe, before we knew what was under the Thames, uh, Bill said something about an alien and he said, you're assuming it's, uh, it's not from earth. Yeah. So he he yeah. kind of gave it away. Spoilers, yeah. Doctor. Even though he was hoping that Lord Sutcliffe was going to turn out to be an alien, he you know the the writer sort of like gave it away a little bit. All right, then we had a rant of the week, which we haven't had in a while. Yeah. yeah. But I well, I say we haven't had it in a while. We took it off the checklist, but I think twelve has had a few rants of the yeah. week. The Zygon invasion, you know, he, he's had a few uh, moments. And so here was one human progress isn't measured by industry. It's measured by the value you place on life, an unimportant life, a life without privilege. That boy who died on the river, his value is your value. That's what defines an age. That's what defines a species. And then the camera looks past Capaldi's, you know, profile and shows Bill just looking at him in just adoration and admiration, like, wow, respect for this guy, right? Because, yeah. uh, you know, let's face it, he's been a little silly with her up to this point. <laughs> Again, old man silly, not 11 silly. And then he says, don't be smug. Smug belongs to me. That was a, <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a really fun line. Again, well, James and the Hoovian is also brought to you by listeners like Victor, Jared, and James. If you find value in what we do like they do, here's what you can do. Go to noobsandthehoovian.com slash support. Just click on something. Find the the latest crazy idea that Trip has decided to put up there. <laughs> By the way, we, we've never actually put any of, of these <laughs> ideas on the website. Uh, but anyways, yeah, just go find something, click it, do what it says. That, that, there's your ad read for the week. So if you skipped ahead 30 seconds, you're going to miss the the intro of Classic Who Connection. So now you have to rewind. And now you're hearing this on after you rewound. Confused yet? So am I. <sighs> hey, Classic Who Connections, let's hear what Jared has to say. Hello, noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared with your Classic Who Connections for Thin Ice. Just a couple this time. Uh, there was some speculation that from Bill that they had traveled into a parallel world when they arrived at the ye old ice fair. Uh, and this is rare for the Doctor, of course, but the third Doctor and Liz did just that in Inferno. You may recall that's the one where the evil parallel Lethbridge Stewart had an eye patch. That's how you knew he was evil, or at least distinguished the two. So uh, they did... Go to that once before, once really, you know, I mean, there's the, the parallel world uh, with the um, the Cybermen, too, in New Who. But uh, that's about it, really, for traveling to parallel worlds. Uh, you have, of course, going to different, you know, end space and e-space and all that business. But that's a little different. Uh, so moving on, once again, we have the hand wave, uh, a way that there's a lack of historical record of a major event on Earth, or at least in London in this instance, by saying that humans easily overlook things or they forget things. I think the first time you really uh, stated that was in Remembrance of the Daleks. Uh, it'd be interesting to watch carefully for that uh, throughout the whole series, but I think that's really the first time they came up with that one. 
And that's really all the connections that I have. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed this one. I could tell that I recognized that this one was well done, but I didn't really love the story. I mean, it was more of a character uh, piece, and and that's great because, of course, you got a new uh, companion, and you need that sort of thing. Um, but. I don't know. It just it's some of the things hit me as a little uh, weird or maybe I just missed it. Like, uh, how did the um, Sonic make the explosions go underwater? I didn't quite catch that. Was it transferring the explosions through the Sonic or, you know, like, again, maybe I missed something. And sometimes, you know, it's nice because I listen to the episode. I'm like, oh, now I get it. I would that one would have been better. So anyway. Uh, suffice it to say, I'm giving it seven out of seven out of ten. Never go towards the lights. All right. I mean, come on, people. You don't know that by now. Uh, it's never a good thing. So, especially weird lights under the ice. That's that's not a good sign. Uh, anyway, and then 75 creep levels for never trusting ice again, and what's beneath it. So that's what I got. Thank you to the TARDIS Wikia, and thank you to Noobs and the Whovian for having me on, and I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who connections next time. But until then, I need to have a Jared Has Feelings section, okay? Just because the doctor was reading to the orphans from the book Peter. all right? I, I may not be pronouncing that just right. I, you know, my German's not great, but uh, it's usually translated as shock-headed Peter. This is a book written by Heinrich Hoffman. It's hilarious to read today, but he was serious when he wrote it back in the day, Heinrich, because he thought there were too many nice little books out there where that teach children how to be good and they have happy endings. And he thought that there should be a book out there that had more serious endings uh, for the kids that didn't do what they should. So these are parables that end in exaggerated disaster. Some things are not so uh, awful, like Fidgety Philip, who fidgets at the dinner table and knocks all the food on the floor. So, okay, that's not so bad of an ending. But then you have more stories like The Very Sad Tale with Matches, where a girl plays with matches and burns herself to death. Uh, This is a book that has gone down in the annals of time. Uh, There's actually a musical uh, I've seen it on stage. There's a musical called Shockheaded Peter and all about these uh, little tales and, uh, of course, doing it tongue-in-cheek and poking fun. And Actually, it was a really well-done musical. But uh, anyway, the one that the doctor's reading is the story of the Thumbsucker. Uh, that's also the one that Dwight starts reading to kids in the office. If you're a big office fan, you might remember that. Um, and in in that one, there's a boy who's told not to suck his thumbs when his mother isn't looking, and then the tailor sees him doing it and chops off his thumbs with large shears. Okay, why do I have feelings about this? I have feelings because the book wasn't published until 1845, and they were visiting the Frost Fair in 1814. So, okay, yes, he's a time traveler. Certainly the doctor could have the book and he just brought it out for the, you know, to read to the kids. But still, then that means the guy who wrote it, Heinrich Hoffman, who wrote it, uh, now you have a claim that he didn't actually write it and the doctor can claim that he wrote it. And uh, I just think it's unwise uh, for the doctor to be doing this out of order here, and which, of course, we know he does. But anyway, I just... It feels to me like they were presenting it in the show as if it was uh, a book of the time and they were about 30 years too early. So, okay, there you have it. I've uh, had my 
had my say here, um, and that's my that's my feelings for the week. Uh, so, hope this makes it on the show. <laughs> All right, have a good one. Bring you more classic Who connections next time. Oh my gosh, uh, Jared texted me and said, "I've got a couple of classic Who connections, and then a Jared has feelings segment." You can cut that if you want to. Jared, you're insane. You're a madman. That was amazing. I love yeah. Why would we ever cut that? That, that was so that was great. Okay, so I saw in the Wikia Struffle Peter spelled. It's S-T-R-U-W-W-E-L-P-E-T-E-R. So I was like, what would that be? Struffle Peter? Because I know like there are W's or V's, and I, I didn't know how to pronounce it. But when you said it, I was like, that sounds familiar. So when you said that Dwight started reading it, I was like, of course Dwight started reading it. The man celebrates Krampus and or, 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 you know, dresses as Krampus for Christmas. You know? um, oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Corbin now wants to go find a copy of Struffle Peter. Absolutely. Yes. No, it's on Project Gutenberg. We can I know. That's, yeah, that's, there you go. That, ooh, that'll be our next... Uh, <laughs> Instead of a timey-wimey. Not time travel at all. Instead of a timey-wimey, we'll do we'll Struffle Peter. We'll do Struffle um, Peter. No, except that here's my timey-wimey time-in. Uh, time-in. Tie-in. Um, I have been saying this whole episode, 1841, the Frost Fair of 1841, and Jared correctly said 1814. So I was like, oh, it was off by four years. But no, it, like you said, it was off by decades. So I'm going to choose to believe that one of the children that he was reading it to Absolutely. was... Oh, crap. Well, I can't remember the name now. Heinfried or whatever Jared said was the author. Um, yeah, that's 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 what happened there was that he was reading it to one of the uh, one of the kids there was the author. Yeah. So either he left the book with them and then the author took credit for it, in which case it's, you know, it's a uh, object bootstrap strap paradox. Where did that book ever come from? Or that uh, they just remembered it. And wrote them down and claimed them as their own. So uh, still a bootstrap paradox, but um, holy crap, that was fantastic. That was amazing. That's, that's amazing. So oh, he, he he mentioned, um, as as I have been corrected by him saying 1814, he mentioned uh, sometimes listening in and getting details that he missed. Um, he was talking about how did the Sonic blow up the charges? Okay, here's here's my thought. You guys add, delete, correct, whatever. I was under the impression that when Bill left the doctor in the tent to go get everyone off the ice, that the doctor took the charges. He, we see him disconnecting the wires. Yeah. And then I'm assuming he took the charges, planted them underwater on the chains of Tiny, because then we see him come back up out of the water in the, in the diving suit. Miles away, mind you. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was a little ways away. Um, and then... When the guy comes into the tent, the Sonic is dangling from, I thought, a string. I thought what was happening was the the Sonic was there to attract the lure fish to get the guy. But then Corbin pointed out that the string that it was attached to was the cable for the charges. So when the guy was hitting the plunger to activate the charges, it was activating the Sonic, which was then sending a signal. What do you mean somehow? It's a sonic screwdriver. Yeah, Corbin. but every time it the doctor do whatever talks a doctor about wants. it, it's like it's psychic. So it has to be reading the mind of whoever's holding it. Now you pull it with a string, and it does. Well, the the things. thought of the guy detonate that thought was traveling through the wire. No, I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> science. Guy as the good. as the signal was getting to the sonic, it was then transmitting that signal underwater to the charges. 
wireless technology. I guess. Yes. That's that's what I'm going to assume. But Yeah, I guess. It kind of feels like that's not what the Sonic was doing. But if I remember correctly, when the dude walked into the tent, it was just sitting there doing its wee-wee-wee thing. You know? It, it so, was. Yeah, you're right about that. So, so then why was them pushing the thing? I don't know. Cause the bombs to blow up. Then? I don't know. I was, I was a little confused about that when all of a sudden we went underwater and saw the explosions. I was like, where did that come from? But as we've been talking about it, yeah, there you go. So Jared gave it 7 out of 10. Don't go towards the lights. Um, <laughs> which is fantastic. Uh, Trip, what do you what do you got? I see your number is already down there. Uh, I think I'm going to go a little <laughs> higher than Jared. I'm going to go 8 out of 10. No one remembers Pete. Oh, poor Pete. <laughs> Forgotten poor, Pete. Poor Pete. Yeah, I, <laughs> I had fun with this. We got to the end and I was like, that was fun. That was, yeah. that was a fun one. And you know what? It, it almost felt to me like a Christmas episode. Yeah, kind of. And I don't know yeah. if it's just because it was snowing, but it was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was just sort of a, of a romp type episode. And like the poop brick that she picked up, that was just funny. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 unending uh, fish pies. Unending. Yeah. It's like the never-ending breadsticks. He can just keep pulling them out of his hat. That's right. Never-ending. Oh, at? Olive Garden. Yeah. Look, <laughs> Cor- Corbin, when you're <laughs> here, you're famous. Really. <laughs> No. <laughs> Anyways, just, what's your what's your rating? What? <laughs> just like, that one really caught Corbin off guard for some reason. <laughs> I'm just. What's your rating? Of all the things to pull for, I'm gonna say uh, uh, seven out of ten squished butterflies. Which are you gonna put it in the right spot in the notes? Yeah. Okay. Um, seven out of ten. What? Can't see it. Squished, squished butterflies. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. That don't matter. Inconsequentially yeah. squished butterflies. <laughs> uh, Jared gave it a seventy-five out of five hundred. Um, I feel like y'all, all three of you, have been have been going super low because I mean this one had like an underwater sea monster that like <laughs> you know like we got eyeball to eyeball with that thing and you know a boot hit it in the eyelid and it opened up and creeped everybody <laughs> Wait, out. That was weird. Is that what woke <laughs> that it was up? Weird. A single. Oh yeah, Corbin was like, "Excuse me." It was like you know, like if a if a if a grain of pollen hit Corbin in the eye, that would be the equivalent. Especially the first time we saw it, I was under the impression that this had just woken this thing up from like a millennia long sleep or something. Oh yeah, yeah. No way. Not. So you thought this thing was laying there dormant for thousands of years? That's what it looks like at first. That's yeah. That's that's even funnier. In the eye, it's like. So I'm going to give it 225 out of 500 because I, I thought the, the, the lure fish were pretty creepy. Um, there was, there was plenty of underwater creepness happening. Like Jared said, don't ever trust the ice. Creepness. Yes. You heard me. Uh, 225 out of 500. Uh, Corbin, what about you? I'm going to say 50. Okay. <laughs> thinking of jaded teenager. Trip, what about you? I, what? Um. Bless. <laughs> 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 Okay. What are you gonna I, give it? I'm gonna go 85 just because like cre- creepness stuff and yeah. What is this word creepness? Y'all keep using. It's a word. No, it isn't. We said it. It's a word. All right. So that brings us down to the theories section. We talked last time about he took an oath to not leave Earth, and uh, Nardole reminds him of this this week. And the doctor says, "Do these look like off-world clothes?" <laughs> he says, "You said you were going for tea." He says, "And here I am in my specially chosen tea clothes." <laughs> Which Corbin pointed out earlier, <laughs> a small <laughs> hole in his logic there. He definitely did leave Earth. Like yeah. the last one he could he could get away with, but no, the, the emoji bot planet, not so much. Um, any other thoughts, guys? What's in the vault? Who well, it's definitely it's a definitely person. a person. Okay, it's so Corbin, you said a villain or a dangerous item. So do you want to drop the dangerous item? You think Was it's it, a person? Yeah, obviously. You don't think it's a 
a dangerous item capable of knocking? What is it, a battering ram? Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sonic space battering ram. It's, I don't it's know. Doctor Who. It, you know, could be anything. Uh, Trip last time said the Master. Um, and or a Time Lord. Or or a Time Lord. Um, so, okay, so are you are you are you going in on it's a Time Lord and it might be the Master? Yeah. But you're pretty sure it's a Time Lord. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> And then uh, the doctor doesn't know, question mark? Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't know. Do you think he knows or not? I don't think he knows. Okay, so and, you think the doctor... But we know Nardle knows, so yeah, the doctor probably does know. Because Nardle was definitely talking to whoever was in there. It would be hard to imagine a world where Nardle knows and the doctor doesn't. Yeah. So, this is very so. true. So, so you think based off of what Nardole said that he does know who's in there? Yes. Okay. Probably. And so if that's the case, then the doctor knows. That's what you're yeah. saying. Okay. Um, who did he make the vow to? Corbin last time said maybe River and Trip said a Time Lord. So oh. Trip thinks it's all about Gallifrey. <laughs> yeah. Corbin, any, any changes to that? That is nothing. I'll, I'll point out that this episode featured a river. That does. <laughs> <laughs> nah. no. Every time we see a river, conspiracy it's a confirmed. <laughs> it's you river. Really had me confused for a second. <laughs> I was like, "River was it? No. Oh, the Thames? You mean no? Wait, now there was there was a female character on this episode that we don't know their backstory. It's, it's probably, probably a river. river. It's, it's got to be. Kitty is river. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was the other girl. What was the other girl's name? I don't remember the other girl. Dottie. Dottie. Maybe Dottie is River. You never know. Um, yeah. So no changes on that. Uh, Trip, you said he made the vow to a Time Lord. So there's a Time Lord in there. Mm-hmm. And Probably the Doctor nice. vowed to a different Time Lord or the Time Lord that is in there? A different Time Lord. Okay. To keep him in there. Okay. All right. So. Any yeah. changes, additions? Anybody want to speculate on anything else? No. Okay. Did I did I say while we were recording that I that uh, it it irked me that it didn't knock four times? Yeah, yeah. Did I say that on the recording? Okay, sure. I couldn't remember if that was before or not. So, guys, uh, next week we're heading into episode four <laughs> entitled "Knock Knock." Oh boy, I wonder what that one's about. That bothers me too. It definitely should be "Knock Knock Knock Knock." But what that are you going to do? That would be way too long right. of a title. Oh gosh, there was. A <laughs> that reminds me of a, of a joke that I heard. Um, somebody. Somebody put in the Doctor Who group on Facebook the other day something about something about Time Lord jokes or jokes on Gallifrey oh, yeah. or something. And now I'm just be straight up honest. I don't remember if I came up with this or somebody else in the thread <laughs> did. But somebody said, you know, like how do Time Lords tell knock knock jokes? You know, knock 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 knock. Yeah. You, uh, <laughs> because all of them do four knocks like the master. Yes, because every yes. single Time Lord is aware of this trope obviously um we are still taking suggestions for upcoming timey-wimeys that is uh let's see where where on the show schedule is that is that after episode five or six wait i I just realized something episode four is knock knock (gasps) it is four knocks (laughs) confirmed oh no uh so it looks like we are scheduled to do a timey-wimey after knock knock so so we picked that out if nope (laughs) that was That was my point is, uh, yeah, we need to get on that. Um, let me see here. We had, um, oh, I know what it was. Okay. So I need to vet this, but I'm pretty sure that this one will be family friendly enough. Men in Black 3. 3. 
We haven't seen the, the first, first two. two don't deal with time travel. The third one does. So, um, so we did, we, okay. Corbin and I watched, the first I watched one. the Dang fourth it, one. Did you not wait? What? Uh, the fourth one, the fourth one, right? Or the reboot or whatever. Oh, oh, I forgot all about that one. Oh, we did watch the first one too. Didn't we? Yeah. Anyways, so here's the thing. <laughs> this is confusing. All right, so um, let's let's put that in pencil for right now. I'm gonna go back and and read some reviews on it and just remind myself if it's family friendly. I think Men in Black is pretty much. It's it's a it's a little creep factor here and there, but um, so what you need to do then is uh, in the next couple of weeks you need to watch Men in Black one and two. If you haven't already. Yeah, if you yeah, if you haven't already or to refresh your memory and uh that's guys that's what we've got to do. So next week we will do Knock Knock episode 4 and then we'll do Men in Black 3 unless I go back and read it and go, "Oh no, wait, there was uh there was this one scene where, you know, they decapitated a nude man." Uh <laughs> and there, there while cussing, yeah. <laughs> while, while dropping F bombs, I don't know. Uh no, so uh, I like I said, I I'm pretty sure this one's okay. So and that one was a, I think that came from Christina. She mm. mentioned that one and I had just read that one on a list of, of uh, fun time travel movies. So we'll put that in pencil. So start watching uh, part one and part two. And um, by the way, we'll, you know, keep the suggestions coming because we'll need to do more in the future. So if you have any, um, any other ideas. Um, the other thing is, so Men in Black 3 is, is a little bit weird. You do need to watch like two movies to to like prep you for it. Um, but we've had, we've had some suggestions come in that would require you to watch 30 years of, of programming um, <laughs> to be able to be up to speed. I think um, mm-hmm. I'm not positive on that, but, um, but maybe, and also um, live in, maybe live in Japan. Maybe to, to watch one of them. I don't know. I, I wasn't, I wasn't clear on it. So, um, but at any rate guys, um, keep, keep the suggestions coming and um, we'll we'll just kind of throw those in the uh, in the old spreadsheet and and see if we get to them, uh, which ones we can get to. So, uh, because I say that because there's there's an end point. Mm-hmm. This podcast has an has an expiration date. Well, not technically. Because I mean, I don't sort think of. Doctor Who is sort ever of. going to stop making episodes. Right? Yeah, wow. but there's going to come a point where there's no more for us to watch. We can't just like <laughs> we'll have a we'll have a weekly uh, uh, podcast of Hey guys, uh, what do you think is going to happen next season? <laughs> Based on the news, what do you think? So, anyways, guys, Noobs in the Hoobian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Your audio engineer is this guy. I'm Trip. Your production editor is the other guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for his classic Who connections and the Jared Has Feelings segment, which needs <laughs> to go awesome. right alongside the new uh, Corbin Has Feelings segment. I, I demand uh, yes. we have at least one or the other every single week mm-hmm. from now on. Shoutouts as always to Victor, Jared, and James for their Patreon support. Head over to NoobsInTheHoobian.com where you can find links to our social media, email, Patreon, all the ways you can support us. Speaking of, wherever you found us, make sure you subscribe, leave us a rating, share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. As always, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoobie, and these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're, we're the news. And until next time, be safe if you can, but always be amazing. Goodbye. I don't know if there's a... I mean, there's definitely some blooper-y type material. I don't know if it got saved now. Yeah, we'll.